What is up, Propel Church? Man, I am so excited that you are here with us today. We believe that God has some incredible things in store with us. But if this is your first time watching Propel, I want to just take a second and say thank you. Thank you so much for spending your day with us. We hope that God speaks to you powerfully, but we would love to connect with you. So be sure to fill out an online connect card. You can find that at propel.church slash online. We're not going to show up at your house or do anything weird like that. We just want to say thanks so much for being a part of our worship experience today. If you do call Propel Church home, this is a great time to go ahead and hit that share button. Send this link to a friend because we believe that it, church is not something that you should do by yourself. But man, getting people involved in what God is doing in your life makes a big difference. So be sure to share this message. We are going into week two of a message series that we've called When Life Gives You Lemons. And I love this series so much. Last week was such a timely word for you and I as we talked all about how what comes out of our mouth is ultimately a reflection of what's in our heart. So the best thing that you and I can do in this season is not ask God to fix our lips, but to fix our heart. When he changes our heart, it changes our lives forever for the better. So if you missed last weekend's message, the good news is we upload everything on our website as well as our YouTube channel. That way you can watch it at any time. So be sure to jump back into that. Week two of this message series is, I believe, just as important for you and I. I want to talk this week about vision. And the reason why vision is important is because vision ultimately determines our ability to see God at work in the world around us when life gives us lemons. You're going to be thrown lemons from time to time, and if you and I aren't careful, we will live with this weird fog over our lives, distorting our ability to see God at work. So I want to take you to a passage of Scripture today in 2 Kings chapter 6. But before I do that, I just want to talk to you for a second about what's taken place in the chapter as we lead up to this. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we see that there's a king. king. The king of Aram is mad. He's angry. He's frustrated because every time he goes to attack the king of Israel, his, he's already like one step behind him. The king of Israel has known his battle plan. What's been going on is the prophet Elijah has been telling him what this king was about to do. He would say, there's a king coming to attack you. So much so that what the king's men would say is that it seemed as if the prophet, the man of God, was in king, the other king's chambers and that he could tell all of his secrets to the king of Israel. So this king of Aram is mad, he's frustrated, and he decides that the best thing to do is to kill the prophet Elisha. So he sends armies, he sends chariots, and he's going to kill the man of God, the prophet. And this is what it says in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there, there being the place where Elisha was living. And it says, They went by night and they surrounded the city. When the servant, the man of God, of the man of God, got up, he went out early the next morning. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Now there's going to be times where life gives you and I lemons, but I want to make sure we understand what's going on in 
the story. Imagine this for a moment. They've had some great times around the campground the night before. They're all hanging out. Things are going really well. They go to bed, and the next morning, the servant of the man of God, so we'll just call him the intern. The intern wakes up. He's going to go get some Starbucks. He's excited. We know that the prophet later on is going to be excited. So he gets ready to get his saddle bag and get his horse ready to go to go to Starbucks. But when he gets out of the house, he sees that the city has been surrounded by an army. He knows that they've come to defeat them. He knows that they've come to ultimately cause them harm and destruction. And immediately he begins to say, oh no, what are we going to do? I would venture to guess that there's been times in your life where a situation or a circumstance comes upon you and you get stuck saying, what in the world am I going to do? Chances are, just within the last seven days, you've been in those kinds of moments. You and I have to be really intentional and really careful that we turn to the right source when we're in a what-are-you-going-to-do moment. For some of us, when we get into the place where we are going, what do we do? We turn to all the wrong sources. Some of us turn to relationships. And I think friendships are important. We talk about groups here. But if the first people you run to are your friends and not to God, you may have misaligned your trust in some things. For some of us, we turn to alcohol or drugs because we really don't want to face the what are we going to do situations. We'd rather escape from them in a moment, some of us turn to porn. Porn is increasingly becoming a larger and larger problem. And I'll be honest, the church needs to do a better job of addressing it. It's one of those sins that lives in secret. But for a lot of people, when you get stressed out, when you don't know what to do, the first thing we turn to is pornography. Others of us turn to gossip because we'd rather talk about other people and their problems than actually deal with our own. Some of us are stuck binge-watching Netflix or other things, anything that we can do to escape. But the truth is, you are never going to be able to run away from your problems because you can never run away from you. And you're the person that you've been trying to escape from for quite some time. You and I have to be really intentional that we turn to the right source because turning to the wrong source is like showing up to the Apple store asking them to fix your Honda. It ain't never going to work. So look at what he does. He turns next to the prophet. He runs to the prophet and he cries out, well, what do we do? And verse 16 of 2 Kings chapter 6 says this, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with him. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and as he looked, he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I believe that what you and I need is a God open our eyes moment. We're in a season right now where a lot of our vision has become distorted. Maybe we're not seeing things as clearly as we used to. For some of us, we proclaimed at the beginning of the year that this was going to be a year of vision. Come on, some good 2020 vision. That's what a lot of us strive for with some good eyesight, but if you're anything like me, sometimes this year has seemed more cloudy (laughs) than clear. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk to us about vision. If you're taking notes, the first thing that I want you to write down is that we need godly vision 
when life gives us lemons. We need godly vision when life gives us lemons. I would love to give you a message in this series to get you lemon proof. Like to say there's going to come a time or a season where you are no longer going to be pelleted by lemons in life. And there is good news. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, Scripture says that there's going to be a day where there's no more weeping, there's no more mourning. You and I are going to ultimately one day, if we're follower of Jesus, be in the presence of God and in the presence of God in heaven. There's none of that. You ain't going to get pelleted with lemons unless you like lemons and it's going to be for some sweet tea because we know sweet tea is going to make it into heaven in Jesus' name. I can't give you that message. What I do want you to know is that you need godly vision because what the world is going to try and get you to do is to focus on everything that's going on in front of you rather than to see God working around you. One of the things that the prophet does so well and so clearly for this young man is he says in this moment, when the young man is panicking, he's worried, and maybe you're in that same spot today going, what am I going to do? The prophet Elijah says, Lord, would you open his eyes? And when he says that, what he's saying is, there's something, I've got godly vision already. I can already see how God is working around me. I can already see that God is bigger than what I'm going through. I can already see that even the the greatest army that is coming against me now, the biggest attack I've got in front of me, I can already see that God has that covered, but the person in front of me can't. So Lord, open their eyes that they might see. I believe God's going to do that for you today and for me as we continue to pursue him. Look at what Proverbs 29, 18 says. This is why vision is so important. If the people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I don't want you to live your life stumbling when you could be blessed. And the way you stop stumbling is you get clarity in your vision. You start seeing God more clearly. Now, I wear glasses um, obviously, right? These are not just for good looks. Although, truthfully, I think people's faces look better when they wear glasses. So that's, I look at myself sometimes pre-glasses and I'm like, dude, your face looks weird. But now, oh, golly, we're good. But I wear glasses because I got bad eyesight. Sometimes I'll go to bed and when I go to bed, I don't wear my glasses to bed. If you do that, you're weird. And so take my glasses off. I sit to the side of the bed but there's this thing that happens sometimes after I go to bed and that's called having to use the bathroom right come on you ever been there so what I'll do is I don't like look for my glasses and throw those on because that just feels like it'd take too much time I want to make sure I stay pretty much asleep so I'll get out the bed no glasses on and I'll make a fast track towards the restroom here's the problem I really need glasses to see And so I'll run into things. I'll bang my toes. I can't tell you. We got this little rail thing that's right by the steps. And my big toe gets hung on that thing. And I cry in the hallway for a little bit. And it's all because of a lack of vision. When you and I can't see, we stumble all over ourselves. For some of you, you can't see what God is doing in the area of your finances right now. And you just continue to stumble. You're trying to do whatever you can to fix it. But you need to realize that God is bigger 
and what you're currently going through. For others of you, you can't see what God is doing in your marriage or your relationships, so you just keep on stumbling. But if we can allow God to open our eyes today, we can be most blessed. So last week I gave you four things. Uh, I want to give you three things for some godly vision this week because I believe that if your vision is distorted, then your spiritual life will be deteriorating. Point number one is this. Vision allows us to see that God never left us. Vision allows us to see that God never left us. I love the passage in 2 Kings chapter 6. I, I wish, like, I know I tell you, I love Scripture. I love teaching Scripture. This is a good passage of Scripture because you could preach this all day. I, I love it. But what I love the most is that when the young man felt so depleted, he felt so defeated and felt like, what in the world are we going to do? The prophet, the man of God, knew that God was still there in the middle of that battle. Many times when we get into a battle or we get into hardships or frustrating situations, we feel like God has left us. But when we look at the truth of God's word, we see that God declares he will never leave us nor forsake us. When Jesus is even about to ascend to the right hand of the Father, he looks at the disciples and he says, I will be with you always. It's not I'm just going to be with you for a little bit of time. He says, I'm going to be with you forever. That promise is extended to us. It comes to us. And in the middle of our situations, oftentimes we can feel like we're alone. We're all by ourselves. But don't let the enemy convince you that God has left you when the word of God declares he will never leave you. Your feelings might say he's gone, but the truth of God's word says he is ever present in the middle of your problem. Because God is a God of truth, not a God of feelings. Your feelings are deceitful because your feelings are based on circumstances and situations. I may have a bad day, but if you hand me the keys to a $250,000 car, my feelings are definitely going to change on how my day is going. That's why you can't trust your feelings. You have to trust the word of God. It says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Look at what um, Joshua 1.9 says. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, I know you're sitting in your living room right now. You might be in your pajamas or your boxers. But turn to your neighbor and say, wherever. Wherever. I don't know where your wherever is, but here's what I do know. God is with you. In the moment where the servant is panicked because they were surrounded, what the prophet saw was that God was on their side. Know that in whatever situation you are facing today, God is with you. He has never left you. Whatever situation you're going to encounter down the road, God is with you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. He is on your side. Godly vision allows us to see that God never left us. Number two, vision allows us to see that God is bigger than what we are facing. Vision allows us to see that God is bigger than what we're facing. I um, Growing up, I, uh, I liked space. Come on, anybody else like space when you were younger? 
So mom and dad bought me this telescope, and I was pumped because I got to go outside and look up at the moon and stars and whatever else is in space. And as I was out there looking, I kind of learned the purpose of a telescope. You say, well, what does a telescope have to do with anything? Well, a telescope magnifies your vision. It gives you the ability to see things that are far off at a really close distance. For far too many of us, we use our vision as a telescope to our problems rather than a telescope to God. If you and I aren't careful, what we'll do is we'll continue to look through the lens of a telescope at every situation that we have going on, and your problem becomes magnified because that's the point of your focus. If you and I are so telescopically tuned in, come on somebody, to our problems, there's no wonder your problem seems big. You're viewing it through the lens that's magnifying what you currently are able to see. But if you would start looking at God through a telescope, you would see that God is big. And he's not only big, he's bigger than every single thing that you're facing or you're going through. Some of us today need a telescopic vision increase of our ability to see God. Because as big as you can currently see God, he ain't big enough. God is bigger than every single thing that you and I see or face. Look at Isaiah 45, verse 5 through 7. It says, I am the Lord. And there is no other beside me. There is no God. There is no God. I equip you. You do not know me. That people may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Let me just give you clarity today your problem might seem big but your God is bigger your problem might seem like it's the biggest thing you've ever encountered but it's not the biggest thing that God has ever encountered and the reason why godly vision is so important is because I can't life proof you you're going to get thrown lemons and when you do the temptation is going to be to look at how big your problem is But if you would shift your focus to see how big God is, I believe the more we focus on our Savior, the smaller our problem becomes. You and I have to continue to focus on how big God is. Godly vision gives us the ability to see that God is bigger, that there's never been a problem that God couldn't overcome through his power. When's the last time? I love that passage in Isaiah, but... Like, when's the last time you marveled at the fact that, that the creator of the universe wants a personal relationship with you? Like, the same God who spoke everything into existence knows your name personally. Knows, Scripture says, knows how many hairs are on your head. And for those of us who are starting to go bald, he even knows the ones we lost. Right? He can tell us, you had more a few years ago. God knows you personally. That same creator has the ability to speak into your problems 
into your circumstances, into your situations, and breathe fresh air and new life. Many of us need to realize that God is bigger. You have problems with your coworkers, but man, God is bigger. I love, um, you know, Scripture from time to time talks about uh, childlike faith. And, and I, I've always kind of struggled with that concept of, like, what does childlike faith look like? And so as I was thinking about how God is bigger than anything that we're facing, uh, the Lord took me back to a moment when uh, I was on the playground in, like, preschool. And if you ever were on the pre- playground at the preschool, you knew that there were some punk kids who thought that their dad was the best dad. And what you would end up doing is you'd get into a conversation about how your dad could beat up their dad, right? Like, if they keep picking on you, you're going to call in your dad, he's going to come beat him up because you had the toughest dad on the planet. I believe what childlike faith looks like is us realizing that our Heavenly Father can beat up anything that comes in His way. He is bigger He is greater than any single thing that we face. Your heavenly dad can beat up all the other dads. So stop looking at every problem you have as something that's going to defeat you. No, it's a great opportunity for God to overcome your situation with his power and for you to stay faithful in the frustrating seasons. Scripture is really clear that as followers of Jesus, we are called to abide in him. In the good seasons, in the bad seasons, we're called to trust in him always. And when we do that, we bear much fruit. If you're in this relationship with God for convenience, you're probably going to get out real quick. Sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's frustrating. But God never leaves us, and he's bigger than anything that we face. Godly vision is so important. Third thing for us today is this is that vision allows us to see a battle going on in the spiritual realm. I thought about, church, I'll be honest, I thought about not putting this one in there uh, because we, we gear our worship experiences towards lost people a lot and want to make sure that we understand, you know, that, that not everybody grew up in church. So sometimes churches throw out words and they don't make sense to anybody. So um, we like to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. But you know what, I, I was talking to somebody uh, last week, and they, they said, you know, Pastor, that message on, on um, you know, what comes out of your mouth was so great. Like, thank you for sharing that in response to the new mask order that came out. I said, well, man, that, that mask order came out Wednesday, but we film on Tuesdays. So it wasn't in response to, to anything, but God knew what our church needed to hear in that moment. And it brought clarity and revelation that it needed to. That's, the, that's how good God is. He knew exactly what you needed to hear, and he shared it with you. And I felt like as I was preparing this message, I had to include something about vision to see that there's more going on in the spiritual realm than we even give credit to. Because when the prophet says, open his eyes, there was something physically that the young man could not see, but was taking place spiritually. Oftentimes, the battle that God fights for you and I is not a physical battle because you and I, while we have physical experiences, live in a spiritual war every single day. 
And where do we find that? Well, right in Ephesians chapter 6. Look at what it says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The reason why many of us can't win battles is because we've been fighting the wrong enemy. Social media is the most um, beneficial thing in this season to advance the gospel and the most detrimental thing for the advancement of the gospel at the same time because many of us think that our battle is against the person who votes differently than us or thinks differently than us. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. There's not like, Paul's not like, sometimes your battle's against people, but other times he's like, let me just draw the line in the sand for you. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. The reason why we need godly vision to be able to see a battle going on in the spiritual realm is because you can't have victory if you keep attacking the wrong enemy. we got to quit fighting each other and start fighting and winning the war in the spiritual. The church, the global church, not just our church, needs to quit getting so preoccupied about every single debate and feeling like our opinions need to be heard. And we need to devote ourselves to prayer and fasting and believing that God is still in the business of rescuing lost people to draw them to himself. You know what God wants to do in this season rather than getting you and I preoccupied with looking at what if, the, what if he's coming back next week and maybe 5G is the mark of the beast. He wants you and I to lead our friends and family to Jesus. If we were followers of Jesus who actually believed Jesus was coming back soon, why in the world would we spend our time debating with one another when our next door neighbor, if they died today, would go to hell? It's ridiculous we got to see that there's a battle going on in the spiritual. So Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says that our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers and principal against the rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. There is a war going on. The enemy, Scripture says, has dominion over this world. And his goal at the end of the day is to steal, to kill, and destroy. He is called the father of lies, the author of confusion, the great deceiver. He attacks, he creates disunity. And if you want to look at our world and go, why is it in the shape it's in? It's not because of a certain political party. It's because the enemy is continuing to advance his schemes and tactics. And you and I as followers of Jesus have to stop letting him win because what scripture says according to the bible that we read is that we have victory that the battle's already won so anytime the enemy advances ground he continues to uh, bring darkness into the world it's because followers of jesus stop shedding light because darkness doesn't actually exist darkness is just the absence of light so maybe if you and i got more focused on shedding light into the world, there'd be less darkness. We got to get focused. We got to see that there's a battle going on in the spiritual realm because God is not only fighting for you, but He's already had victory. And in Him, you and I have victory as well. So, what do I want you to do today? I want you to do this. I want you to ask God today to open your eyes. To open your eyes. I don't know what you've got going on. 
I don't know what current situation or circumstance you find yourself in, but here's what I do know. All of us could use some elevated vision in this season. All of us could use a little more God and a little less self. All of us could use an increase on our ability to see that the problems that we face and the problems that we have surrounding us have already been surrounded by God. All of us could use a little extra increase of being able to see that the God, the creator of the universe, that sent his son to die in our place, that defeated death, hell, and the grave, is still actively fighting on our behalf. So today, would you ask God to open your eyes? If you'd like to do that, I'm going to ask God to do that for you. So Lord, right now, every person who hears this at the sound of my voice, I pray for an increase in godly vision. I pray that you would open their eyes. So just as the prophet said in in 2 Kings 6, that you would open their eyes so they might see you at work, that they would know that you are fighting for them and that you've never left them. We love you and we thank you. Now, for some of you, vision is not enough because Scripture is really clear that you'll never be able to see God unless you first give your life to Jesus because the only way that we have access to God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The truth is we all have this issue of sin that has to be paid for. So Jesus came. He paid for your sin and he paid for my sin. Not just so that we could have better vision, but so that our sin could be paid for. And in him, we could have eternal life, but also abundant life in the here and now. And if you know that your life is missing God, well, today, beginning a relationship with Jesus is how you change the trajectory of your future. So if you'd like to make that decision today, I just want to lead you through a simple prayer that says this. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life In Jesus' name, amen.